What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Mentors Collective. I've got my best friend, Tom, here, who's been crashing in Orlando. He's been working on some business for the past week or so, and he's going to spend some more time. We've been doing a lot of good work, and we wanted to jump on and share with you some of our insights and just have a discussion about kind of what's been going on in the business world. We're in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, wave two, version two, and coming back with a vengeance. Tom and I are both in the live event space or have businesses in there. So we have a particular point of view when it comes to this and hopefully we can bring you some value or just kind of sympathize with you because I'm sure if, if you have a business who's been affected, which is most people, you know, we might be able to lend uh, an aid. What do you think, Tom? Thank you for uh, coming and being on the show with me. Absolutely, thank you for having me. You're in live event, I'm in live event. There are no live events. So how do you play this? How do you sustain this? How do you make sure that the brand is in, a, is in a position to survive to the other side of this? And there's a lot to think about, right? How do you pivot the business? How do you cut down on expenses? And most importantly, how do you still treat and sell under that brand at a time where it really doesn't make sense to? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of really good points. And to that point, you know, there's a lot of people, our, our customer base out here has been hit even harder than us. So the most important thing to remember right now, and which I keep reminding myself every day, is no matter how hard my business was hit, we're still fortunate to you know be in our own control. We weren't laid off. And trying to sell and push things down people's throats who just lost their job and they're in an even worse position, I mean, that's a whole other ballpark. You just have to sympathize more than, it's a time to stand back and say, I'm grateful. What can I do to help you? So that when we do recover from this economic disaster, those customers are still there and they're loyal to you. Absolutely. In, in the social media world, in the social space, people have long memories, mainly mm. because everything is preserved. So in a world where customers stand by you, it's probably because you've been doing the right thing, putting the right information in front of them and showing them that it's more than just a business. A lot of businesses are going with the, hey, run Facebook ads when people are getting fired and it rubs them the wrong way. People remember that and they remember that feeling and they like nobody ever forgets when they've been insulted or when somebody's kind of hit the wrong tone at the right, not the wrong time. And so as a brand, you have a responsibility to make sure that you're kind of reading the heartstrings of your customers and also doing right by them. Yeah, absolutely. And it also poses a lot of questions for entrepreneurs with brands is kind of what do you do right now? I mean, you don't, you don't go back into your shell and stop making money. You need to keep the, the brand and the business alive so you can keep serving your customers. I guess it's about finding that balance and that fine line between figuring out how to pivot, what to sell, how to sell it and the right tone of message right. to, to give to your audience. Right. So the, uh, if we're going to break this down a little bit, mm -hmm. I like to kind of boil it down to three main points, Jay. Mm -hmm. The first is be agile, right? What is your business going to do now to drive other recurring streams of revenue that can get you through this, right? Like what new business opportunities are available? What are some new ways you can look outside your core business? Admittedly, one that you've built and maybe you've built emotionally so, but one that you've built and now needs to change. How can you be agile and find other places of revenue? Number two is get lean. So now that you have this new playing field, this new chessboard, what do you do within your existing business to make sure it survives as long as possible? As you know, cash is king. So how can you preserve cash on a month to month basis? How can you cut expenses? How can you get rid of the waste, cut the marketing spend so you are spending no more than you need to survive? And three, as you kind of touched on already, is be authentic, mm -hmm. be real, be empathetic. Your customer base is still filled with people in the real world. When things happen like a pandemic, that affects everyone. And so our responsibility as brand owners, at least the way I see it, is that we have a responsibility to our customers, which means that you need to understand where they're coming from, 
how they're feeling, and you need to communicate within those parameters because otherwise you're just not going to get it. I love the framework, and like I said, it's about finding that fine line between keeping the business alive and being authentic and not being tone deaf during this time. Right. So using that framework of those kind of the three pillars that you just established, mm-hmm. being nimble was the first one, nimble, agile, whatever you want to call it. That's your ability to pivot, figure out different ways to maybe make money or sell during the times, kind of an evergreen way of thinking about it, being very with the times. Let's hover on that one for a second. Okay. So what are some examples? I know I have mine in my own business right. that I've adapted to and, and brought on in the last you know, three to four months. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the things that brands can do right now to kind of pivot? I, I'm just going to lead with one of my top pieces of advice. Go ahead. As entrepreneurs, as people who have built built brands, the both of us, we have a very diverse and very skilled set of tools mm-hmm. to build businesses that mm-hmm. we take for granted right. and don't really acknowledge. For example, you are a master community builder and Tom just helped me shoot a professional product catalog in like two hours while multitasking. He's got professional production equipment and he didn't even, he hasn't been selling these services and the, this equipment's been not going to waste, but I mean, but it, it's not be. being used, yeah. Yeah, so that's just one example. What, what talents, what tools do you have laying around that you can leverage during this time to help other brands build if it's not your own? If you need to take a step back because maybe you are in the live event space or the hospitality space and your business has been particularly affected, what tools do you have to continue the revenue stream? Absolutely. And I, uh, I, th- I think you do a really good job of this because you're, you're willing to experiment. You have experience on the services side, so you understand how to leverage mm-hmm. your internal skill set. On my, on my side, for the product side, it's been a little bit harder to make that immediate transition, mm-hmm. but kind of recognizing that the things that make a product great are still services that are in demand. And so kind of for us, we've been figuring out how do we make our marketing team work for others who are doing well at a time like this. The e-commerce space especially has seen is amazing new category deemed the new essentials where people are now ordering things to home that they previously wouldn't get. Think about your groceries. Now people are getting more toilet paper delivered to their house than they got it when they picked up in person. Think about meat delivery. Think about even things like laundry detergent. The things that you normally would have picked up are now coming to you in the home. And so those businesses are doing well. And so speaking of the agile, how can you leverage what's in existence within your brand to another brand or service to then make them work in the short term so that you can also survive in the short term. I know you've done this a couple of times with a couple of different agencies. For you, what are some of the keys to being agile and assessing where a business might be able to go relative to this new situation? Sure, so I can just give a, a few tips from my experience in terms of figuring out what service you can offer and then actually selling that service. Mm-hmm. I, I have started several different marketing agencies. I've been in the digital marketing space for a while. I'm now in the PR space. And I've you know built teams that between the two of them doing seven figures. So I think a good place to start here is I think people get held up on a website. Perfect example. But people, the, the trick is just to start selling and start selling low and build up a referral base. There's a lot of good places to prospect clients, social media being one of them. But also don't take things like Fiverr and Upwork for granted. Um, obviously, I'm not on Fiverr and Upwork doing manual labor myself, but my profile is there and it's built out and we have incoming leads coming every day. And when those leads come, those are agency clients that I just funnel through my, you know, through the machine. Right. And I have a team of 
about, it's about 20 people total now that, that are able to make everything happen, including you know VAs and whatnot. On the nimble side, how do you figure out what existing infrastructure you might be able to use on something else? So figuring out what existing infrastructure, this is where creativity really plays a huge part. Mm -hmm. Taking a step back from your own business and saying, okay, what did I do really well? Mm -hmm. What was really, really good in my, in my business or what are my strengths? What are the tools that I have? Not just physical tools like camera equipment, but what are the human resources that I already have in place? Right. What are they trained to do? The human capital. Yeah. Human tools, physical tools, that's all going to come into play mm -hmm. when you really take it and combine it to figure out what the bigger picture is. There's no one size fits all here. This is like people asking, what business should I start? Right. There's no answer. The Sell lemonade on the street. Million dollar idea. This is what makes entrepreneurs such a rare breed. It's mm -hmm. their power to adapt and be creative. Totally. So I, I don't have a, a, you know, a one size fits all. You should do digital marketing. You should do branding. You right. should do video. Right. It's, it's really what are your talents? Yeah. What are your tools? Mm. And figure out a way to be different and stick out in the marketplace because God knows there's a zillion social media marketing agencies out there. So how are you going to compete with them starting from zero? Totally. And I think for, uh, for us to make that a little bit more real, so the, the base business that we have is Lunchbox, where we sell anti-theft hydration packs, sling packs, fanny packs for people who go to events and want to have a better experience doing so. Events are shut down, so obviously that hits the main business. But the things that we've done well in the, in, in the process of building Lunchbox were video storytelling, community building, and branded content. We did a really good job of building a very personal relationship with our users. They would refer and share, attend our meetups, and really love the brand. So when we took a step back, we had all this infrastructure built. We had editing teams and videographers and photographers, and the ability to write scripts and the ability to churn out new ideas. And while it may not have immediately applied to our core business, we recognized that that was a very valuable skill for other e-commerce owners who were scaling at a time like this, back to the category of new essentials, or possibly selling hand sanitizer, whatever it is. But to help those people and to use those existing assets, which by the way, aren't just assets, but their system, their processes, it's experience, and leveraging that for another brand has become kind of one of our eminent qualities in terms of where we go next with developing our business. We took a stock of what we do well. We realized it was video and storytelling and using that to bring people together. And then we paired that with brands who really needed it in the e-commerce space. So that's a perfect example of what we just talked about. And I know we just hovered a lot on how you can leverage your tools to service other businesses, mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of other ways to adapt. I know my ex-girlfriend, uh, I'm going to bring her up, she's going to kill me, <laughs> but she makes bikinis by hand. Mm -hmm. And obviously with the beaches pretty much closed, I know they just started to reopen, but girls aren't buying $100 bikinis anymore. Right. She's a seamstress. She now makes masks. Right. And has sold several thousand masks yeah. that, that are hand, hand sewn and really right. cool masks. So obviously there's those, you know, the, the obvious ones, right. making masks, making hand sanitizer. Right making cleaning and, and safety products that people really need right now. Right. Back to the one size fits all thing. I can't tell you how to you know maneuver your production and your products, but there are a lot of opportunities and new products that people need. So it's not just services. There's a lot of other ways that you can adapt. Absolutely. So let's move on to the next big pillar of, of managing change, which is get lean. So we've talked about exploring your other business opportunities. But what about your existing business? What do you do to make sure it stays alive? And the truth is you gotta get cold, calculated, and look at the numbers. So on one hand, you've got staff, and your staff is powerful and loyal and dedicated. And on the other hand, you have all the expenses that don't necessarily need to be there as a result of what's changed in the world. So let's take live events again, for example. Our marketing budget went from six figures to zero overnight. 
our need to go rent office space actually went from five figures of rental expenses to nothing because now everybody's working from home. Our need for software and email marketing came way down and we cut that by over five figures. And so across the board, we made the necessary cuts to our business. So at the core, we had a fair amount of cash. We have low expenses every single month. And by doing that, we buy ourselves the amount of time that we need for the existing team, existing infrastructure and existing processes to figure out where we need to go next. So by buying time and preserving that core business, you give yourself the breathing room to say, okay, so how can I use my assets? So you really can't have the first conversation of, are we being agile and are we assessing what opportunities we have without cutting costs so you give yourself the time to do so? Because if you run out of cash, then what happens? Yeah, it's in no one's best interest if you run out of cash. Absolutely. The, the name of the game right now is keep your business alive right. until the economy recovers and things turn back on. Success is survival, Jay. Yes. And you're not going to be doing any of your employees' favors by keeping them on high payrolls where you the business eventually dies and everyone dies along with it. Yep. So the trick right now with leaning out, and we've done this in a lot of different ways, and we've done our best to not lay off people, mm -hmm. which is hard. I mean, right. you, you have to cut recurring payments right now are a nightmare. Yeah. And employee and contractor payments are a, a large part of that for us. Right. So the trick is how do you maintain your business mm -hmm. while getting rid of all the unnecessary expenses? Obviously, marketing goes first. Marketing's always first. Yeah, there's, there's no debate. Marketing's first. Then you look at... What are your software expenses? Right. What are your costs of doing business? Mm -hmm. What are your office expenses? What, what can we afford to cut payroll by? That's a conversation that you definitely have to have. And by the way, it's a tough one because yep. on one hand, your staff is what makes a lot of the things you're able to do possible. But on the other hand, to your point, if everyone's at full payroll and you run out of cash in three months, it doesn't serve anybody's best interest. Yeah. And when you cut your marketing and sales stop and slow down, mm -hmm. the reality is you just don't need the full capacity of no. your, your old team anymore. No. And it's it's a horrible thing to have to you know tell people you're you're furloughed until further notice, right. but sometimes it's a necessity to keep your business breathing, which is the name of the game. Right. There's some other ways that you can cut costs, and you talked about email marketing. Right. That's kind of a hard one to cut. I know we we kept our CRM, our email marketing. I know we're not doing as many emails now, right. but obviously they manage our list. Yeah. Um, but the first thing that we did, right, as soon as everything hit, cut marketing budget. Yeah. Look at our recurring payments. Right. What the hell's in there? Right. And a lot of that comes from software costs, technology costs. Right. I know we have a lot of proxies and servers that we rent right. that we didn't necessarily need at this time okay. that we put on hold. So that was an easy one. Goodbye. Yeah. Good, <laughs> goodbye. Good riddance. And you know, there's, I went through with my, my business partner and we looked through all of the things that we were paying for every month. Right. And if you haven't had a, a ha done this yourself and had a hard look at your own recurring payments, right. go have a hard look. I bet you're going to find at least three to five things in there that you're like, I haven't used this. I definitely don't need this. Right. That's the second thing that I think you should do. Mm -hmm. First is shut off your marketing if, and you know, unless, unless you need to, unless right. it's, it's still earning you money, which it's probably not. Second, go through your recurring payments. And third is have that difficult conversation with your business partners and your employee contractors mm -hmm. and figure out how much can you reduce their pay by for how long. And you know, how much do they really need to live? And just, I like the transparency. Yeah. The transparency here, really just letting them know where we stand. Right. So that there's no bad blood in the water, assuming right. that the economy does come back and you want to continue relationships with that person. Mm -hmm. Your human assets are some of the most important. Right. So be fully transparent, figure out what you can afford and have that conversation directly. And that kind of gets into the third pillar of what we're talking about today, which is be authentic. So you're talking about being clear, authentic, and transparent with the people within your business. But how do you now communicate with the people outside of your business where you still want to maintain that relationship? They're potential future buying customers. 
How do you maintain that? Let's bring it back. Let's make it real. The COVID era, the era of social movements. We have so many things to talk about and discuss where the collective social consciousness is more important than your business. It's more important than my business. The world is changing and we have to be empathetic and deeply authentic in how we communicate. Otherwise, we're not with it. So just like the pandemic affects us, just like a social movement affects us, just like we are seeing society change day by day, the precedent is not on us. And so as part of that, you have to recognize that your role in that buyer journey has shifted. Silence and letting the bigger issue have a have its day is sometimes more important. Because the flip side of that is, if you decide to add your own commentary when it's not asked for, it can rub people the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You can pull a CrossFit where the owner decided to make a very off-color joke about George Floyd and all of a sudden saw closures across the country and the withdrawing of Reebok from their sponsorship list. Or worst off, you take attention away from something that deserves to be seen. And so it's the, it's the perfect anti-marketing case, right? On one hand, you want to fuel your business, but on the other hand, the problem that society is facing is bigger and more important than the product you're trying to sell. Benjamin Graham, the author of The Intelligent Investor, says that individual performance is always trumped by market dynamics. Recognize that it's not your fault that there's a pandemic, it's not your fault that it turned out this way, but you do need to be empathetic enough to understand that your marketing isn't going to solve that problem for anyone, and actually marketing might make people turned off of your business. Yep, it's absolutely true. And one of the big points there, you mentioned CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Things similar to that are happening all over the country on a much smaller scale. Right. The bagel place that I love to go to right down the street right. closed their doors because of an off-color remark. Oof. So just as the right sort of authenticity mm-hmm. can help your business right. connect with your customers and keep them loyal, mm-hmm. the wrong message, the wrong one message. Right. Done. That's it. Yeah. It takes as think of Warren Buffett who said it takes years and years to build a reputation. Mm-hmm. It takes one second to end it. Yeah, and a lot of people are going out of business. So the moral of the story here is be authentic, right. be very conscious of what is going on in the world, mm-hmm. be extra sensitive, right. and they, like you said, take a step back, show up the marketing, mm-hmm. and just lend a hand however you can. And by the way, if we go back to our first two pillars, be agile and get lean, mm-hmm. and you've done these things, you've gotten lean so you can afford, I say afford with, with quotes, but you can afford to be a little bit more silent, And because you're being agile, you can find other ways to drive that revenue that isn't necessarily consumer facing, whether it's business to business services or one of your many other skills. So the be authentic, I'm sure some listeners are are hearing that and saying, oh yeah, it's easy to be authentic, but if I'm not making money, my business dies. Well, at the same time, if you lose your consumers, your business will die anyway. And if you're not getting lean and looking for other options available, then you're not doing all that you can to build a healthy and sustainable brand long term. Absolutely. And the, the phrasing be authentic, the word be authentic is a, can be a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm. Maybe not confusing, but the call to action isn't there. Yeah. I know I have my own version of what I think be authentic means. Okay. And I'm sure you do too. What, what, what does be authentic mean to you? So for me, being authentic with business anyways yeah. is being very socially conscious of what's going on. Okay. And instead of the, you know, the normal marketing, the normal quotes and whatnot, directing my audience. We're, we're very fortunate to have a large social social reach through all of our business channels. Right. So we use that to promote good things that are happening in the world mm-hmm. and direct our audience to contribute to the right places. For example, right, what's going on right now is the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. which I'm very passionate about. Right. And we're able to direct our following to the donate links, which is yeah. just this really simple, awesome thing yeah. to do within the times. 
I would add one more thing to that definition because I agree with you, mm-hmm. and it comes back to the word empathy. Mm-hmm. You need to put yourself in your audience's shoes and think about how they're feeling. And then the authenticity element is you are communicating to that feeling mm-hmm. rather than saying, oh, this is how I think they feel. Mm-hmm. So if you know someone is scared and frightened and just lost their job, if you know that's who you're addressing and marketing to, that tone is very different than it's like, okay, well, we're going to very authentically give you 25% off. It's just like that's, that's still tone deaf. And yeah. so understanding what your consumer is really feeling is the key to authentic and heartfelt communication. That's a great explanation. That's much better than mine. And I couldn't agree more. And like we said at the very beginning of the video, people are a lot worse off than we probably are with right. our business. 100%. So that's where the authenticity comes into totally. play. Totally. Empathizing with your audience. Mm-hmm. And again, there is no one size fits all. No. Some businesses are going to be in a position to be authentic differently than, than we might be. Right. But it's just finding, finding your own way. The primary principle here is just to keep your eyes and ears open figure out what's going on in the world mm-hmm. and mash out with, with the tone of your business and your marketing. Yeah, that's it. Okay, awesome. So if you are a brand in the COVID era and the world has changed, you're, the sand has shifted below your feet, you may feel like there's nothing you can do, but there is. If you get agile and try to explore your business opportunities, if you get lean and maximize your runway and you communicate authentically to preserve your customer base, the road may be challenging, but there will still be a road. Jay? Thank you, Tommy. With that being said, if you're an entrepreneur out there and your business is suffering from COVID, hang in there. And now is the time to follow these three principles. Consume positivity, keep contributing to all of the good things happening in the world. And we're already seeing uh, some return in the economy, which is very promising. And I'm hopeful for the future. I think in the next six, six months, everything should be relatively normal. But all we can do is keep our fingers crossed. And hope that there are no more giant murder hornets coming our way. (laughs) No more murder hornets. And stay inside, wear masks. The sooner we we can beat this, the faster our businesses and our personal lives will get back to normal. Thank you for joining us on The Mentors Collective. If you love this episode, please drop us a review. Thank you so much for watching this episode of The Mentors Collective. This is Dr. Jay Feldman, and I just wanted to take a moment to thank you so much for your support and also ask you for a little bit more. If you can take the next 10 seconds and write us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, just let me know your feedback. It means the world to me. Again, thank you for watching. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends, share it with your family. Until next time.